take you to eat a strawberry. It was very bad. I don't eat the butt. Do you eat the butt with the leaves? The butt? Don't say eat the butt. <laughs> eat the butt. Great. Now eat you ruin. You literally ruin strawberries forever. Eat the butt. You should make. You should include this in the intro. Oh, I'm gonna. Oh shit. <laughs> just start the show immediately with Chelsea saying. It's eat not a the butt. butt. Eat the butt. This is horrible. Eat the butt. Eat the butt. Eat the butt. Eat the butt. Hello and welcome to the Polygon <laughs> Show. I'm Simone de Rochefort, and I'm joined today by Allegra Frank. What up? Ashley O. Hi. And Chelsea Butt Eater Stark. Oh! That's me! <laughs> butt Muncher. So Chelsea was in here uh, ju- right as we were opening the show eating a big strawberry. <laughs> Which is not a euphemism! <laughs> it's not. It's totally a very large strawberry. You know, the fruit berry. A very large <laughs> strawberry. <laughs> Unbearable. <gasps> Does anyone else have any fruit part names? So Chelsea got to the end of her strawberry and she put I, it I down. set and it said, down next to me for the whole show. It's going to look at yeah, it. Yeah, I'm looking at it. Sorry. It's the leaf part and like the bit of like the, the white. white flesh <laughs> that is at the tip of the berry. No, the tip is the in other You're end. Right, the butt of the berry. This is, that's why that's the Don't butt. Don't the, the tip and the butt. <laughs> <laughs> this one, it, the point is the tip, and then the other end is the butt of the strawberry. You're I don't understand. Absolutely right, Chelsea. Thank you. You're so right. <laughs> Wait, do other fruits have butts to you, or is it yeah. just the strawberry? Okay. I actually, a uh, long time ago, Sean asked me how to tell what a pineapple was ripe, and I said, oh, "Yeah, you just pick it up and sniff the butt, the bottom part." <laughs> no. <laughs> no. You also pull out its leaves to see if they can come out. That's Why a- can't you just? <laughs> because why do you have to tell him to sniff the butt? Sniff the butt. All fruit has butts. No, not all fruit has butts. Peach definitely a butt. A peach is a butt. Yeah, it, it doesn't a have a butt. But it has a big hard thing in the middle. Yikes! Mm. Well, it does. It's a pit. <laughs> ah! Oh, so you, say, you won't call it a butt, but you'll call the pit a big hard thing. Look, anything? A no, I'm not gonna say it. Anyway, yes. And you it, look where the stem attaches. That's probably the butt. It's because, not a butt. No, I don't think that because no. like it's about where you eat it. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't like start eating a peach at a specific <laughs> spot. Therefore, it doesn't have a, a natural end. Therefore, it doesn't have a butt. A strawberry, you start, you eat it one way, and it has a tip. But would and you it has say a butt? But would you say that about bananas? Because a banana <laughs> is almost bananas. all tip, but it does kind of have a butt. <laughs> A banana is all tip. A banana. <laughs> a huge tip. A banana is sort of like a handle. Yeah, just a banana handle. A handle? Ooh. Yeah. I'm just thinking like when people say just the tip, but it's a banana. It's just the banana. Just the banana. Just the whole banana. Uh, uh. <laughs> no. I don't know. I mean, I get people eat bananas. There are two ways to eat a banana. So maybe. Wait, what's the other way to eat a banana? You oh, can peel yeah. it from the other way. Yeah, yes. you can squeeze it, squeeze the other end. Why would you do that? It actually opens really easily that what, way. It doesn't like turn into mush. Wait, no. from the stem part, you like, that's the bottom, and then you just press? You, you like you can kind of push in with your finger on the end that doesn't have the stem, and it opens up, and you can peel it normally. Does that it way. just burst out of the peel? No. Oh. no. 
So it's you're saying do you, isn't it's that not how monkeys open bananas. Yeah, that's how monkeys like yeah. open bananas. They press on the butt. Oh. But doesn't it burst <laughs> out of the peel? It has to rip out, like rip the peel open, right? No. Do you want me to go get a banana right yeah. now? No. <laughs> Draw a diagram. No, because it, it, yeah, there's like the natural like they ended that little brown section and that just. Breaks I thought off. that was just a cartoon thing. No, you really can open them that way. I think that this is the hubris of man that we looked at the banana and looked at the way that the monkeys ate the banana and said, no, we're going to do it differently. Why are we going against nature it's and true. God well, when we eat the banana? <laughs> <laughs> hey, who wants to talk about video games I and that, shows? I, I thought this was our fruit podcast. Oh, shit. No, you're right. It is our fruit podcast. <laughs> oh. Wow. Sorry, did I say Polygon show earlier? I meant the, the f- f- fruit show. The fruit show. <laughs> I'm glad he didn't say fruity gone. Fruity I was gone. thinking fruity gone. No. Poly no. grape. Poly grape. No, this poly is bad. Grape. Well, grapes kind of are. Po- there, there's a ton of grapes are sort of poly they're they're Polygonal? on a bunch there's a bunch of them there's literally oh they're poly because <laughs> there's so many grapes on a bunch there's so many and they're all that that they're good together yeah. they are really good together and you can never eat just one <laughs> tagline do grapes have butts <laughs> Oh wait, yeah, Chelsea. Do they have butts? Oh, good question. I, wouldn't the part that connects to the stem be the butt? Would you call that a butt? Like, if I picked a grape right now and I held it in front of you, I was like, okay, that's the butt. Would you? <laughs> <laughs> but you wouldn't like tell but Sean he... like I'm eating this butt first. <laughs> no, because when what? you eat a, if you peel a grape, you peel it from that end down, so the other end's the wait, butt. But you peel, peel your grapes? grapes if you peel. If you do, I said if. Is that an if? Wait, there are specific that? grapes that you do because like. There are the the Have dark you, gray, the dark blue ones that are like the, the skin is super salty and like gross and you're supposed to spit them out. Mm. It's fun to peel grapes with your teeth. Wait, what? Red grapes or all grapes? Green grapes, red grapes. No, they, what? <laughs> they just burst. No, not if they're big How enough. Do you do that? No, that's, <laughs> what? Do you get like a like a like a Simona's Gillette <laughs> razor? And just, <laughs> I just Shame use them. my teeth. Wait. I, I'm thinking about like those haunted houses for kids where it's like put your hand in a bowl in of a peeled, bowl of peeled grapes. grapes. It's eyeballs. Obviously, you can pee, you can what? use your fingers to do it if you want. I yeah, Chelsea. The skin actually, just comes off. I remember that being a popular Halloween thing, but I never thought about like a PTA member sitting down with a potato peeler, like meticulously <laughs> going. What were they using their mouths? That's their hands. hands. That their is hands. Pa- Patric- Patricia's job on the PTA is grape peeler every year. She's just doing it, you know. I think yeah. I'm just picturing red grapes because I'm like, you you can't really do that. But the other grapes, yes, you can. Ashley, after this podcast is over, which it will be immediately because it's canceled, we're gonna go upstairs <laughs> and I'm gonna open a banana and peel a grape. For we have you. the we have the green grapes in our fridge upstairs. Yeah, I can you show can't. you. Does this like? Ch- I can show you the grape. Slippery, naked, and splendid. Please stop. Now, now this podcast is canceled. <laughs> Tell me, Ashley. How long have you have your parents taught you how to peel grapes since your teeth? You just do it as a what? kid. You're like having fun. You're like you're having a fun, fun way grapes. to eat this grape. I'll peel it with my teeth. Why? Why not? And then you eat the skin, and then you have a skinless grape, and it tastes good. You eat the That's- skin. Yes. Well, you wouldn't spit it out. That'd, That'd be, be worse. Gross. But why do you even take it off then? It's fun. <laughs> what is? 
Look, this is Simone's idea of fun. Okay. We can't oh. true. We cannot fun shame Simone. It's too late. I had a bleak child. <laughs> she, okay. she didn't have video games, so she She's just out there peeled with her, grapes like, with her teeth. Rolling a hoop with a stick like a child in the twenties. Yeah. Oh. And peeling. Please email so Polygon Show at polygon.com if you also peeled grapes with your teeth. <laughs> or if you have if if you say fruit has butts. Or yeah, if you can draw me a diagram of which fruit has butts and send it to our email address. <laughs> or if you think that we are just talking out of our butts and you have no idea what's going on. Or what, what about a kiwi? That doesn't really have oh. a... Oh, wait, no, it does have a butt. Yeah, it definitely has a butt. <laughs> and it's furry. Sorry. Yeah. Now you're on to the fruit butt theory. That's another fruit that you Can feel. I say one thing about fruit butts, and then yeah. please let's never talk about this again, okay. because I feel like next week we're going to be asking listeners to like write in to save the Polygon show. <laughs> <laughs> but one of the first conversations I ever had with Chris Grant, I remember him sending me this extremely NSFW picture of an apple that looked like a butt. It was very graphic. Why, did I want to find it Did he send it, it to you because he's like, look at this apple? I don't remember why we were talking about assholes but it literally i'll look it up oh later. yeah it looked like a big asshole hmm. i mean i'm seeing some like apples that look like good butts was like it a nice bad butt? butt it was it was just like very much a butt like i felt like i was staring right at a butt and i was like why did my boss that was specifically me? in the that harassment is... training <laughs> i just finished like, that yeah me too right of like the <laughs> wait there was like any inappropriate <laughs> pictures <laughs> oh no any fruits that look like butts I that's haven't taken the harassment training yet. Well, you're going to know that that's included in their pictures now, of Spoilers for our harassment training? <laughs> I'm sorry. God, fucking ruin it for everyone. This is a really good episode. Yeah. <laughs> Ten minutes in. So, let's talk about what we're playing and doing and watching this oh, week. Boy. Uh, I'll start things off because I have a show recommendation for people who aren't squeamish. Yay. Yay. Okay. So you probably see people talking about this online. Uh, BBC is doing a show called Killing Eve that uh, stars Sandra Oh as an MI6 agent. And I, I was the other month I went to a drunk education talk, which is like a parody TED Talk series uh, that Eric Thurm puts on here in New York City. And somebody gave a talk about how Sandra Oh is an amazing actress and underrated, and it's criminal that her career after Grey's Anatomy like never took off and made her hugely world famous. And I it had been years since I watched Grey's Anatomy, so I was like, yeah, sure, this person loves Sandra Oh a lot. She's great, but. Yeah, this person has a special interest. And now I'm watching Killing Eve and I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> Sandra, it is actually, I feel like the world has been deprived of its greatest light in that I am just now seeing another show, like a Sandra O oh starring vehicle. She's fucking amazing. And also stars Jodie Comer as a very cold blooded assassin, um, French assassin named Villanelle. And it's basically just this. Cat versus Caroline Framka uh, at Vox described it best. She said it doesn't feel right to call it cat and mouse between them because they're both like very cat like and like trying to catch each other. So Sandra Oh is trying to catch the assassin, played by Jodie Comer, who's this like new female assassin who isn't like in any of the isn't on the books yet like she hasn't really been an unaffiliated assassin well she hasn't been caught or anything yet Mm -hmm. so they don't know like there there are crimes that are being committed and they're like we don't know who did this and sandra oh is putting the pieces together and being like there is a female assassin out there who has like nobody has identified 
her handiwork yet. Like nobody knows her calling cards. Oh, and that's why it's killing Eve. Yes. Eve, Eve Pilastri is the name of Sandra O's character. Mm. Hey. Wait. It is very good. Yes. I killing Eve, the Eve. main character. Yes. But she's not being Killed? She's not being killed yet. I hope she won't be killed. I've only seen three episodes of it. But they are, like, obsessed with each other. Ooh. And it's gay as hell. Ooh. And, like, it, this was alluded to in some of the reviews. And I'm, I'm not going to spoil specifically what happens, except to say that, like, in episode one, you kind of get vibes of, like, the, the, this... There's obviously, like, tension between a secret agent trying to catch an assassin. Like, you can read into that and be like, yes, they're obsessed with each other. And then every episode since then has just made their obsession with each other more and more blatant to the point where I feel confident saying, like, I don't think this is the show where they're gonna get together because Villanelle, the assassin, is very evil and scary and bad. But they gay. <laughs> they gay though. <laughs> like God, she the sh- knows the shippers are just at their keyboards. Like oh god, yeah. But she the the assassin knows Sandra O oh is working on her case specifically. How how does she? She find her handler uh, tells her that there's a woman who is leading an investigation against her, and she becomes very obsessed with her and starts like doing stuff. <laughs> Doing stuff. Dot, dot, dot. Big ellipses. There's like one very specific thing. How spoilery. Let's not, let's not, like, it's spoilery because I think I want. I really want to watch this. Okay, yeah, it's it's very good. It's definitely like the, the, the murder aspect of it is, can be a lot at times. Uh, She's a very unkind (laughs) assassin. Um. It's kind of it. It's strayed from like showing a lot of gore, like as she's killing people. But there are sort of aftermath things, and then some of some of the kills, like while not being gory, are just like very psychologically intense. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, there have only been a couple parts where I've had to look away, but like there's the <laughs> there's kind of a laundry list of like content warnings that I could go through, but I won't. But like she is a murderer. There's a lot of murder. So, but I, I'm, I'm loving it. Like, it's a very good thriller. And while being, like, a tense thriller, it's also very funny in parts. Like, the people are very well written and they, they communicate with each other in a funny way. Like, like coworkers would who are, you know, just happen to be secret agents working for MI6 trying to track down the world's deadliest female assassin. Yay! <laughs> Have I sold you on the show? Yes. yes. How, do, wait, how do I watch it? Uh, the first episode is free on BBC America. You can uh, look it up online. The second two uh, are not free on BBC America. You'll have to log in with your cable provider, unfortunately. Do you have a cable provider? What did you do? Some of us have a cool aunt named Christina Warren. Oh. Who is not related to us by blood. I mean, I, I, know, I know your aunt. She's pretty cool. Yes. And as a family member of that person, I have her cable Login, even though she moved away from New York City. Uh, well, tell Aunt Christy so, I yes. said hi. Reach this out is... to your your friends who pay for cable and 
uh, become related to them by blood so that you can legally share their cable logins. I think that's how it works. Oh, that sounds great. Your blood sisters. Yes. Mm-hmm. Blood exactly. aunt and niece, mm-hmm. right? Blood sisters and blood niece and blood, blood niece. aunt. I'm the, that sounds blood. like a bloodborne. <laughs> blood niece. I'm the blood niece. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that. All right. Ashley and Chelsea, you have still and so much been playing God of War. Yeah. What's new? What's happening? Oh, man. Dads. Chelsea and I are about at the same place, but I'm a little bit further behind because it's just, it gets very, I just feel like intense in terms of, I don't know, like their side quests are so great. Exploring it is so great. And then I feel um, kind of like a lot of pressure to finish this game super early Mm -hmm. because of, you know, like spoilers and everything that's going around. Um, And then that usually just gets to me and and makes me nervous because I'm a baby. And then I'm just like, I don't I'm going to play some Overwatch instead. So I've been like kind of going back and Uh forth. But so so you have anxiety not because of the game, but because you might get spoiled. Yeah, because like it's just like pressure because I have to look at TweetDeck. What if I see one wrong comment? Um, And also like there's if I like look in our feed like I see us publishing guide stuff and I'm like no no oh I don't want to know anywhere about where I'm going I totally relate to that pressure of like knowing you have to do something and therefore it becomes impossible but I want to do it at my own pace because I I really like side quests well guess what the game has got so many side quests and there's like so everything is like kind of a spoiler that's the problem with God of War. Like, I remember in our planning meetings when we were talking about, like, oh, how are we going to cover this? Mm-hmm. Oh, it was really hard. Without to like, saying anything, yeah. the plan was, like, there was a point where everything after that point is a spoiler. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think I'm approaching that because I'm still, I can still sort of talk about exploring well, so like, you, the map. You're, can we say it's a spoiler that you're not always in Midgard? Is it a spoiler? <laughs> what is a spoiler? We don't know. God, God. We don't know. It's so convoluted. I don't know because like that is like such a core part of Norse mythology and yeah. like okay, so yeah. we do know that Midgar is one, so one realm. But realm, yes. Here's what I'm going to say is that there's realms in the game that you don't have to visit but are total like side quest realms. Yeah, what? I I figured that out because like once I started progressing and then like I got up to this one area and then I was like, "Wait, is this just like a series of trials? Yes, it is. What happened? I went all the way back down and was like, oh, I don't want to do this now because yeah. I am bad at those kinds of things. And but they stress me out. Are but, they environmental puzzle trials? No. Are they combat trials? Yes. Ugh. But I think that's, I mean, that's probably expected in God of War to have like a trial <laughs> combat There's a mode. lot of like secret fights that you can encounter on just like the, yeah. the side things, but also like really interesting puzzles which I, I i would still say the the game is more weighted to combat but there's definitely some cool environmental stuff mm-hmm. that is literally my favorite part of the game so far is just solving those puzzles to i don't know open new gates and stuff and mm-hmm. finding chests hidden behind doors and things like that like ugh, i finally i finally broke down i i, I had to give my uh, hard copy back to the office cuz it belonged to the office and at first i was like i'll just wait for somebody else to finish playing it and then i'll take it back no, I bought the game. Um, <laughs> I think, but I would say, like, this is a game worth the $60 because there's so much. There's, there's so like, much. I'm saying this is my Witcher 3. This is my Witcher 3 of 2018. It's not maybe, like, for people listening, it's not story-wise length of Witcher 3, but the side stuff is equally 
mm-hmm. interesting. You shouldn't feel, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I also feel the same way, Ashley, where I was like, especially because I'm moderating this panel on Friday. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, crap, I got to get through a certain amount of story. Tell us about the panel. I'm moderating the Tribeca Games panel with Corey Barlog, which I'm very excited about. And also Chris Judge and the uh, woman who plays, I just forgot her name. Uh, I'm not moderating right now. <laughs> the woman who plays the the voice actress for the uh, Witch in the Woods, and then Jeremy Davies who plays the Stranger. Oh the, God, that's so cool. Yeah, yeah, that's baller. Can people see that if they're in New York City? Or you can. You can still get tickets by going to it's like it's on Twitch too. Tribeca Games. Yeah, I was saying if you're in New York City, you can still sign mm-hmm. up for tickets. I think there's some will call available, mm-hmm. and it'll be on Twitch. It's like Twitch tv slash tribeca games look at us promoting your work i'm so excited i'm moderating oh god come be nice in the twitch comments but i was like trying to get through enough stories so i could have a competent conversation about the game but also was like but i want to go like oh well yes yes. another good point chelsea though like we were talking earlier about how god of war doesn't tell you how many hours you've logged in oh yeah it's not on your save file anywhere it's not in your menu or settings and like you just can't access it and like I, I, I feel like this is a very deliberate choice, but at the same time like as somebody who feels pressured for like spoilers and coverage I'm just sort of like am I am I just one third am I a quarter in or like you know like people are like oh well it's like about like 20 or so hours you know how far do you think you are and I'm like I have no concept of time when I play <laughs> games well but yes that's true but also you have to then like be like the last story event I did and talk about it very vaguely because you don't want to be like mm-hmm. spoiling it for someone else listening or that you suddenly pass someone accidentally mm-hmm. so yeah. you have to be like <laughs> I just yeah. Uh, it's I, so hard to talk about it now. Yeah, I, I feel like it's kind of like a weird kind of like standoff, right? Where we're both staring at each other, like, <laughs> okay, so, well, wh- where, wh- where are you? Thing. And then the other person is like, well, where are you? Yeah. Uh, How are you going to handle that on the panel? Because I know Sony is very, like, they're very, uh, they don't want people to be no, spoiled. But I think they were very were- specific about that in. Re- when they were talking about reviews and what they hoped we would do for video coverage, they're like, "Please don't publish boss fights on day one." Yeah, we're gonna be we're gonna be a little more friendly. Like, in fact, we are going to say the the true name of the witch of the woods on like introducing her in the panel. So that's mm-hmm. like a a thing. So yeah. there will be a couple spoil like the panel will have some early game spoilers. I would say because like they really want to get into this stuff, and it seems actually very cool. I'm excited. Yeah. Uh- Maybe I, I should get further in the game by that time so that I can watch your panel. I think you can um, still, yeah, yeah, it'll be fine. It's going to be, like, I think that there's, I mean, I'm just impressed with how much detail and thought is into ever. Like, this is not a spoiler. Like, there's so much detail. We were talking mm-hmm. with Mike about the the axe, right, and how Kratos' axe holder is his mega symbol, like the thing that keeps oh. his axe on the back. Like, there's so many little small things you're just yeah. like, what? How do you guys feel? This might be opening up a whole new, like, topic of conversation, but a lot of the conversation on among game critics on Twitter has been split between, like, this is a really good game, or does this feel like a game from 2012 because it's about, like, father emotionally connecting with his child? I mean, 
I haven't played enough of it to like have. I mean, I, I have my own feeling on that, which is as always that I am a big sucker for stories like that. Yeah, and I know that they're overrepresented, but also I always connect with them. But you're taking a character that like used to be so hyper violent and like relish in that violence and there's I mean it's hyper violent it's still a video game but it's like giving that character em- emotional weight that he didn't have before I still think is like worth that discussion I, I understand that some people are like video games are still not on the level of film in some ways or books but mm-hmm. like for I think that this game takes ideas from like other games and then finesses them along really well Mm-hmm. Do you have any thoughts on that, Ashley? Because you've I, played The Last of Us. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that the the comparison, at least the like, oh, it's a 2012 game because it's like father and then child thing. It's sort of like <clears throat> that was a trope that I feel like got you know really popular, just sort of like revived again in media, mm-hmm. especially like in games, like sort of one after the other there. So I just feel like it, it kind of is a little bit of a cop out to attribute something that is like a pretty thematic, like timeless dynamic mm-hmm. and just saying like, oh, well, it's just been done before. It's like, well, everyone has told every manner of story before. Um, so like, I don't think that was true at all, but I can see why some people, um, are pretty skeptical of like, hey, like I feel like this game is super overhyped and everyone keeps saying it's like a perfect game and like mm-hmm. it's game of the year. And like I don't deny that. It's it's a fantastic game. Like the longer I play, like the more just astounded I am by it, by a lot of things, like small things, mm-hmm. big things. But um like Chelsea said, there there is like an emotional weight to something, especially like a franchise that's already years old mm-hmm. that you're familiar with and you're like this dude's just finally kind of chilled the fuck out. And he has this boy. I mean, he's had other boys. He's not good, but this is the boy. But this is the boy who's alive. (laughs) This one will hopefully survive the game. Um, Hopefully. I think that also it it takes you places that you're not going to expect. Like, I predicted some things and I was totally wrong. And yeah. I was so happy to be wrong. I love that when you're, we are like, mm-hmm. oh. oh, I think I know where this is going, and I do not. But oh, it, un- I love to be wrong. I, I was wrong. Oh uh, yeah, I other was peop- wrong too. Other people have told me their theories, and I have just made a blank face and been like, no, you're wrong. Uh, <laughs> and I think I will still continue to be wrong because I'm not even done yet. Oh my god, I want to go home and play it right now. It's, I hate it's, this. <laughs> it definitely just unpeels itself in a beautiful way. I think yes, yeah, story wise, yes, but definitely Simone. I know you understand the whole uh, idea of like game feel. Yeah. It just feels fantastic. Mm-hmm. I think like one of the best parts is uh, the boat. Mm. Just like paddling on the boat, you can just feel kind of like the current and how smooth the water <laughs> is. And like every pat, oh God, it's just so good. This is my rage. Cause when I was, I was installing it the, uh, last night, it was finally downloading and it said it was ready. And I was like, yes, finally I get to play. I'm right before the part where you get the boat. And I, I boot up the game. I'm running around that area, just getting some last minute treasures. I try to get on the boat and I realize it's not done installing yet. Every time <gasps> I move toward the boat, it's like, oh, we still have a few more little bits down in the download. Oh my God. You this have is this rude. area loaded, but you cannot get on that boat. And I was like, it's right. There. Oh God! Just let me get You're on the boat. Game purgatory. I was in, invisible like, glass. It's like no. That, it's cool though because it makes me think about how great the technology is now. That like this whole beautiful area is loaded and I can run around and do everything in it. And every time I move toward the boat, it's like nope. 
no, not yet. It's like Come an back. Assassin's Creed where it's like, warning, you're going to desync. Yep. Don't yep. go yep. past <laughs> the borders. <laughs> Gosh. All right. Allegra, you unfortunately have not played God of War yet, but you were playing Jet Set Radio Future. <laughs> Hard left turn away. Hard left turn. We uh, will we'll talk. We'll get you to play God of War, and then we'll do our spoiler cast someday. To the early days of the Xbox. Um, yeah, I was hanging out with friend of the show, Thomas, former Polygon intern, uh, and he was like, dude, you got to come over. You got to play Jet Set Radio Future. <laughs> I like that Thomas also just yeah. discovered this game. Dude, you got to come. No, it's his favorite game ever. He literally could quote every single line. Wow. He knew every single area perfectly, like knew every single musical cue, every single lyric. Like I was like, dude, have you only played this game for the last 15 years? It was amazing. Um but yeah, so I never had an Xbox growing up, but I kind of thought some games were cool. It's interesting to see that like these very aesthetic-driven, like artsy Japanese games made up a huge part of the library because mm-hmm. that's like what I'm into now. And I don't play Xbox because they, <laughs> I, you know, generally assume those kinds of games won't be on it. But back in the day, like Microsoft kind of just wanted anyone and everyone to play the thing. So a game like Jet Set Radio Future is only on Xbox, which means I never got to play it. So basically it's like this really stylish, like rad um, skateboarding game. It's not skateboarding. It's like roller, like inline skating. And you just play a bunch of like freaking graffiti vandals who are going around tagging walls all over like different cities and then you have to like spray paint different random enemies to like knock them down but the main thing is like it's kind of fun in the same way that Tony Hawk is you know like you're Mm -hmm. grinding and doing races and also doing graffiti and it's (laughs) love grinding um and it's kind of janky but like it was just really it's grand to grind (laughs) (laughs) uh it was nice to play a game like that which I feel like I still continuously try to look for Mm -hmm. in all games is like a very defined, unique, interesting style, a very kind of quirky premise, like graffiti plus inline skating. Yeah. Um, you know, just like instantly memorable music. Like everything about this game is like extremely particular and specific to that game. You, you the way you're describing it is making me think like that is an Allegra game. Like yeah. that's yeah. that's the definition of an Allegra game to me is yeah. like cool music and weird mechanics yeah. that don't exist anywhere else. <laughs> I mean, it's not, I'm not like in love with this game probably because it's like an Xbox original, but yeah. like I'm I super admire it and I understand why Thomas is still like very into it now, and I'm sure like when he played it too, because that was like one of the first games he ever owned, right? Um, it's just like there's nothing like that anymore. Like, and especially then, like there wasn't much like that then either. Yeah, that's interesting to think about because that falls into, I guess, an area that I would expect. Like today, I would expect it to be an indie game. Would you classify it as an indie game? No, it definitely wasn't because it was by Microsoft, right? Uh, or, they might wait. have published it. It wasn't by Microsoft. I think it was Sega. Um, and they might have published it though, but like, it. I mean, indie games weren't really a thing in the same yeah. way back then, right? But nowadays, yeah, for sure, it would be like super hard to sell, like hard to market yeah. indie game that would be buried in the PlayStation. Store. You know who would do it? Ubisoft. Ubisoft. They totally would. Yeah, they do weird shit like that all the time. Yeah, it would be or like EA or some 
shit. Um, this makes me want to recommend Sunset Overdrive to you because another Xbox mm. exclusive. I always wanted to play that. But it feels same. like a thing you would really enjoy because mm-hmm. the mechanics of that game are so much about movement and it feels really fun to play. Yeah. And it's also this like hyper colored. I mean, they went yeah. a little too much like 90s. But, <laughs> uh, I love the 90s though. I know you love the 90s. And I think that I really think you would enjoy it. Like, I seriously, I remember when they announced that. That's Xbox One, right? Yeah. I really wanted to play that. I remember because, yeah, I like things that are like just as interesting artistically as they are mechanically, like you were saying. Um, so just playing something like that really reminded me, like, I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm not disenfranchised or anything, but. There aren't many games this year that are out that like are interesting to me. Like God yeah. of War is interesting to me because of how it's shot. Like yeah. a big thing everyone's talking about is like it's basically one like very long tracking shot, and so watching it is very interesting for me as and like scary a film geek and yeah. scary. <laughs> but like you know, in terms of the actual like character design and like the color palette, like that just does not speak to me at all. And like yeah. you know the fact that it's like an action game, like that's just not necessarily interesting. But like. Metal Gear Solid 2 with how freaking surrealist the story is and like a thing like Jet Set Radio being like very weird to just even describe. Yeah. You know, like those are the things that I still continue to look for and I'm having trouble lately finding. Go on. I was going to say there are areas you have not seen a lot of God of War. Yeah, there are no, areas that are like so vivid mm-hmm. and beautiful that I'm kind of want you to see them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really want to. I can show you a picture that I have on my phone. (laughs) I was talking to someone and they were like, I don't know if you would enjoy playing it, but you definitely like watching it. Mm -hmm. So I definitely want to like keep watching someone play it. Come over, sit on my couch. You know what? You talk about Jet Set Radio Future City? Future. (laughs) Jet Set Radio Future. (laughs) It reminds me of how like in the 80s and 90s, there were all kinds of movies and TV shows that... Like I, I think of this specifically because somebody told me about the movie Yentl last night, which is about <laughs> you haven't seen Yentl. I haven't seen oh it. Oh my god, what is that? It. It's um, Barbara Streisand oh, playing yeah. a, a little boy. She is. She's a <laughs> Jewish woman in I think Poland, and women are not allowed to study the Torah, but mm-hmm. she wants to study, so she uh, cross dresses. And poses as a dude, and like I think she marries another woman as a dude, but then she falls in love with Mandy Patinkin. Anyway, it's basically, it's like, some like it hot, but in it, Poland yeah, with some like it hot in Poland with Barbara Streisand, and it's like very Jewish. And I was looking at this and thinking, like, I can't imagine a studio making that because it's so specific. And I feel like these days, movies and games are much more sort of generalized, with like some exceptions, obviously, but something that like a, a kind of quiet like very niche not niche Jew, Jew, Judaism is not niche but <laughs> like I feel like you wouldn't necessarily but the, see that today a plot about someone in Pol- cross-dressing in Poland to yes to study the Torah to study the Torah <laughs> or like um the uh Cinderella with Brandy <gasps> best Cinderella yeah yeah which awesome wait no why I think they would still make that Okay, they might make that now. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have expected them but to make it maybe her parents, five years ago. Her parents were like Asian and black or something. You know, like it was so like colorblind. Yeah, and I don't yeah. know if that would happen anymore. But like maybe we're more woke now. But like yeah. I know what you're saying of like these weird kind of fantastical details that don't necessarily track with reality. Like I feel like we're more averse to exploring those kinds of ideas. Well, it's because movies take cost more to make. 
video games mm. cost more to make, so you have that's to make true. something that reaches the broader audience, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like that's why superhero blockbusters are the thing we have because like it reaches so many people, it reaches internationally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. like harder to innovate sometimes. Yeah, but I don't know my point. That was a good point. <laughs> but anyway, moving on. But oh well, hey, but that's the theme of this episode. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> This episode of The Polygon Show is brought to you by Quip. When it comes to your health, brushing your teeth is one of the most important parts of your day. Allegra, did you know that? Uh, I do now. Good. (laughs) Get educated. Quip actually knew that already, which is why they combined dentistry and design to make a better electric toothbrush. Did you know that, Allegra? I did. Yeah. I did. I used my quip this morning, but I just kind of thought of it as like a nice treat for myself. I didn't actually know that was like a, an important thing I should be Rushing doing. your teeth is the treat. I nice just thought treat. I was you like, thought- I'm going to do something nice. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to just put this stick in my mouth. It is a nice thing to do for your body because your tooth health is tied to your health of all the rest of your body. Quip is the new electric toothbrush that packs just the right amount of vibration into a slimmer design at a fraction of the cost of bulkier traditional electric toothbrushes. Did you notice that when you picked it up? Were you like, this is less bulky than traditional electric toothbrushes? Oh, yes. I know. As someone who puts a lot of toothbrushes in her mouth, I like this I, one. Apparently, you don't put enough in because you think that this is like a special treat that you're giving yourself. Like, it's not something that you're supposed to do twice a day Listen, or more. Listen, Simone, treat yourself you're right. every day. Quip also has guiding pulses that alert you when to switch sides, which makes brushing the right amount effortless. What did you think of that, Allegra? I love that little pulsing. That was the best part of the treat. It is the best part. Mm -hmm. Yes. Not only does it have the perfect amount of vibration, it has the perfect amount of pulse. Mm -hmm. Quip also comes with a mount that suctions right to your mirror or your wall and unsticks so that you can use it as a cover for hygienic travel anywhere, whether it's going in your gym bag or your carry-on. Cool. Did you you didn't know that before you went to Florida last week? You didn't travel pack your quip? I actually didn't bring my quip. <laughs> did you bring a toothbrush at all? I did. Okay, well, because ta- well not- when you're on vacation, that's the best time to treat yourself. Well, now you know. Now you know you could just pop that thing off the wall, pack it up, and put it in your suitcase. And it's that. so slim, it would fit right in there. And because the thing that cleans your mouth should also be clean, Quip's subscription plan refreshes your brush on a dentist-recommended schedule, delivering new brush heads every three months for just $5, including free shipping worldwide. So, Allegra, if you really want to treat yourself, just pop that new head right on there and you get the clean teeth. (laughs) Sounds weird. (laughs) But it's a fact. (laughs) It's a weird fact, but I like it. Thanks. Quip is backed by a network of over 10,000 dental professionals, including dentists, hygienists, and dental students. People at every level of dentistry are digging the Quip. Most toothbrushes don't get named one of Time Magazine's best invention of the year, but Quip did. Find out for yourself why. Don't wait. I'll tell you how. Quip starts at just $25, and you can get it by going to getquip.com polygon right now. You'll get your first refill pack free with a Quip electric toothbrush. As again, your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash polygon, spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash polygon. At first I thought you were spelling polygon, and I was like, that is not right. (laughs) That would be wrong. Should I spell polygon too? P-L- No, you spelled it wrong. No, P O L Y. Oh, 
I thought you said P L Y. No, no. Okay, I spelled the rest of it right though. Thank you so much, Quip, for sponsoring this episode of the Polygon Show. I'll segue into, we're going to read some emails, but first I want to talk about this picture that a friend of the show, Adam Musa, sent us. Oh! uh, Of the Pooh, the characters from Pooh. Speaking of butts. um, (laughs) You just said of Pooh. (laughs) It's Pooh the Bear. And Piglet and Eeyore and Tigger from the movie, the upcoming Winnie the Pooh movie, sitting on the beach in lounge chairs wearing sunglasses. Would you be mad if I called it a Poovy? Yes. Yeah. Wait, super oh, mad. what, Chelsea? <laughs> Sorry. Don't say it again. Yeah. Just, oh, just no. let it go. I'm just gonna be over here vibrating from laughter. <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we don't like that, Chelsea. <laughs> I just like the Bolivio. <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> We don't think it's good. It's fine. I can see myself out. Oh, God. I want to say, I, what it made me think of was the best thing. So, wait, Chelsea, you, you're from Austin. Did you ever go to Eeyore's birthday party? Oh, God, yeah, I what did. What is that? Yeah, what does that mean? It's like a giant hippie festival. Like, people do, like, body paint and drum circles and fire twirling and kids go sort. I mean, like... It's like, oh, bring your kids. It's Eeyore, except like, oh, that guy's just wearing silver paint. What does that have to do with Eeyore? Yeah. Nothing. So no, uh, it e- was started by uh, English grads at the yeah. University of Austin as a celebration of Eeyore's birthday in 1963. <laughs> I'm looking at the page right now. Yes. Um, and then now it kind of looks like something that would happen in my hometown of Port Townsend, Washington. Well, that would annoy me a lot. It always happens around 420. Interesting. So it's always. There's Eeyore's birthday is in one part of the city, and then there's a reggae festival on the other side. It makes me so mad because I want to celebrate Eeyore's birthday, and me I want to have a donkey. That makes me really happy. The Donkeys are great. Sad is like I think Eeyore would hate this. Oh, Eeyore no. would hate it. That, yeah. I think the people, the organizers, are well aware that Eeyore would hate his own. Why are but, they doing no, that then? That's a whole plot of Winnie the Pooh is that it's Eeyore's birthday, and they throw a party for him. Yeah. Oh my yeah, god. But not like this. You ever see? Not like um, this. Yeah. The mean Winnie the Pooh comic. No. Oh, where, you showed this so, to me. Where it's, I think so. Someone is just like editing what Winnie the Pooh says, but he—it's like a very Winnie the Pooh voice, but he's so incredibly mean. No. Like, um, I think like Eeyore was just like, oh yeah, like it's my birthday. Like I'm so sad. Like I get so depressed every year on my birthday. And then Winnie the Pooh, as he's passing him by, is just like, oh, we know you, Eeyore. That's why we didn't invite you. <laughs> And then, yeah, Piglet going, I value brains over beauty. And then he goes, yes, I can see why you would take that position. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I love it so much. I will look that up after. Wait, so the whole, we really derailed. The discussion was just the picture. (laughs) I wanted to talk about the picture and how it made me think about Eeyore's birthday, which is a thing. Anyway, I'm excited for the Winnie the Wait, when is his birthday? Um, is it like a specific date or is it just like a weekend? 
It's in the proximity to May Day. I don't know when it is in the stories. No wonder why he's so sad. No one knows when his <laughs> fucking birthday <laughs> is. They're just like, well, I guess we just feel like, I guess it's your birthday. And he's like, it's not my he's birthday. He's just like, my birthday's coming up. And they're like, well, we did have a party planned oh. for this day, so that's your birthday party. Oh, now. no. Apparently, the event does not fall on the official day of Eeyore's birthday. What is that day? Can we do him a right birthday? Yeah, I want to throw him a proper birthday. Eeyore's yes. official birthday is Christmas Day. What the hell? No, it's what? not. Yes, it is. According to author A. A. Milne, Eeyore was given to Christopher Robin Milne for Christmas 1921. That would make Eeyore's official birthday December 5th, 1921. I'm sorry, wait. That Your birthday is oh, when you were wait. given? That's... He's a stuffed animal. However, Eeyore's birthday in the book and Disney's movie short does not take place in the winter. Therefore, Eeyore's book birthday is open to your interpretation. No! Literally, it's just like, y'all, we want to have a party. <laughs> Oh but they, they they throw him a surprise party. That's the story of yeah, the book. Yeah, but you know what? It's probably a surprise party because they were probably like, oh, like, hey, Tigger, can you go get the cake? Yeah, sure. And then Tigger's just like, oh, man, you guys, um, the bakery is closed. And they're like, oh, my God. They're like, okay, we'll just... Just have it. Just have it tomorrow. Like it's closed <laughs> no. today. It's like I know, but it's like okay. Well, he doesn't. We'll technically throw him a surprise party, and he'll then think he... we forgot. How funny! <laughs> we'll just tell him like, yo, we had to cancel your party. They don't even tell him though. They're just like, yo, um, the cake's not ready yet, no. and he's just like, but I don't like cake. <laughs> I don't know. What is it you are like? I don't like cake. I, I can imagine Eeyore like not really caring about cake. Doesn't Which is ridiculous because cake is so good. About? Apples. Doesn't he like to sit in a field and like dream? Aww. <laughs> no, I know he has his his house is it is a tentative it's a tentative tent <laughs> made out of sticks it's and it all, what? and it always it always like falls oh, apart yeah, because they have it's to a, fix it. yeah because like it's a fucking bunch of sticks that's what you're living in. <laughs> Give Eeyore a house. Weatherproof Eeyore. Oh my god, this man needs so many things. We're just getting uh, getting high and painting ourselves silver. He needs a house. He needs a it. house. He needs a better tail that's attached to his body. Wait, Winnie the Pooh has like a full on house with furnishings and Everyone furniture. Does. He lives in a tree. Yeah, it's an Doesn't awesome he? house. He yes, an awesome but he house. has like furniture and shit. What is Eeyore? Eeyore's body? Doesn't even fit into the sticks. <laughs> Oh my god. You don't even put. Is this what Eeyore maybe just doesn't care about worldly possessions, okay? There's sticks. Oh god. I'm so sad. Do you want to transition to some emails? I don't, I don't know. What can we do to make his life better? Okay, so let's all Eeyore spend in, the next week thinking about what to do. Eeyore in that new promo picture on the beach? Uh, I think he is. Yes, he is. He's right there. He's wearing his sunglasses. He's the only one who doesn't have sunglasses. He's wearing sunglasses. <laughs> They're right there on his face. He's wearing them. No, 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 They're yellow tinted lenders. He's wearing gunners. <laughs> they didn't even think They're he was, fine. They didn't even think he was important enough to have real sunglasses. No. <laughs> they gave him gunner glasses. Some people just need different tints. Come he on, wanted, Ashley. Well, he wanted the yellow tinted glasses so it would look brighter out he to make him happy. He found them in the pile of sticks when he woke up and they were <laughs> blown down. <laughs> Somehow, paragoners ended up in the pile with some gamer grub. Whose eyes are more sensitive? That's why he has darker glasses. Can we actually? So we are going to transition emails, <laughs> but I actually want to talk about the color palette of this picture. Oh no, my God. Okay. <laughs> we cannot talk about the color pal- palette of a picture it in just a podcast. Looks so dark. 
Okay, okay, okay. No. Okay, this question is from Wesley. Hey, everyone. Just wanted to say that I love the show, and I have a question. It is a question. Good. A Gritzko is finally out on yeah. Netflix. So I got to thinking, what kind of karaoke would you do to help you cope with a shitty job? Pick a song or maybe even just a style. Would you shred your vocal cords like Gretzko or belt out a ballad, show tunes, etc.? Thank you, Wesley, for your extremely good question. I think... Allegra is a Smiths. <laughs> I was going to say! I was going to say, heaven knows I'm miserable now. Obviously. Wow. Cool. I was looking for a job Great. and then I found a job and heaven knows I'm miserable now. Hello. That's it's perfect. So, sad. so is this show. No, it's not. It's it lighthearted and funny. It's Nothing can not be sad with a red panda in it, okay? It's so good. You know what mine is because I sing it at karaoke. <laughs> yes. Every, there, there are two things that I do consistently at karaoke. One is In the End by Linkin Park, which is definitely what I would do mm-hmm. to cope with shittiness. And the second is uh, I Can't Dance from High School Musical 2. <laughs> yeah. Simone. I love that because you do both parts. <laughs> yes, I do. Because <laughs> no one else can sing it with no one, you. Every time I'm like, okay, who wants to do I Can't Dance with me? And there's just no one. And then I do it by I myself. like that you're like, Someday, someone will sing this song someday, with me. Someday, someone will. Why is nobody singing I think I tried too? once with you. Yeah. I did I try. I think you did try. But well, I just, I don't So are you telling me right now you're upset with your job because you're singing Linkin Park? It's just a very, no, no. I'm not, am I singing Linkin Park right now? Does it look like I'm singing Linkin Park right now? <laughs> kind of. I guess I am always inside my heart. Um, But in the end, it doesn't even matter. Oh, uh, 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 it's just very satisfying, and uh, it, it's 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 a, a song with rapping that white people can do without being <laughs> embarrassed. I mean, you are embarrassed anyway, but like there are less pitfalls. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> song with rapping that white people can do. Now I know that you're just like dying to sing like Cardi B and Kanye. You're you're but you're stuck with Macklemore. I'm gonna stay in my lane though. <laughs> Put on the Lincoln Park. <laughs> stay in my lane. I love that. So That's my favorite Lincoln goes Park up, song. Sings Bodak Yellow. Someone's like, damn, I wish I could do that. I'm just out there with tears streaming down my face. <laughs> it could have been me. <laughs> oh ay, ay. Chelsea, what about you? I mean, what? Okay, if I'm mad at my job. Yeah. All right. If you have a shitty job and you're letting out your stress, which so channel, think back mm. to. Sorry, what? Oh, <laughs> oh my God. God. Leap that out. Learn. Um, I, okay, worked at way worse places. And sometimes I'd get up there and sing uh, Torn by Natalie Bruce. Oh, that is such a good God. song. <laughs> wow. Didn't we? Isn't there somebody at Polygon who sung that? Did Chris Grant sing that once? Whoa. I definitely remember someone doing that. I've I've done that multiple karaoke. <laughs> Yikes. So I guess Chris and I have to do a do it next time. Yes. We haven't done karaoke in a very long time. Not since I started, and that was like 18 months oh ago. Oh my God, we got to do it. All right, so good. Let me pull up another question. This question is from Zach. Zach opens the email by... Uh, informing us that you can change the text size in God of War, which they added that, right? Yeah, yeah they added a, that they only recently, that. and it is not a significant improvement. Yeah, you Sorry, cannot Zach. change. Well, no, I mean, he's right. 
You can change it for certain things, but not the subtitles. Yeah. Oh, oh what? no, what? Though they did add the option to add like a black background to the subtitles, which does make the subtitles pop a bit more, but the text size is the same. Yeah, my update is that I'm playing this on a computer monitor now. Uh-huh. <laughs> wow. It's very good this way. Zach's actual question is... Um, he, Zach says, anyway, love the show. Hope this helps. If you feel like answering a question, here's one for the ages. We've got a million dad video games, Last of Us, God of War, Yakuza. So what is your ideal mom video game? Mom With love, War. Zach. Mom of War. Mom of War. Literally, it would be God of War, but where Kratos dies instead of his uh, apparently incredibly badass wife. Yes. Who like taught their son everything that he knows about hunting and bullshit. Those are the two skills that he has. Hunting and bullshit. Oh, I already have my ideal mom game. What was that freaking phone game I liked? Oh, uh, mom hid my mom mom hid my my game. game. I thought your 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 phone game was like the the sad Syrian one. That was your ideal mom game, and I was like, oh no, no, mom hid my game. Mom hid my game. Also, another game that I would like to reflect my experiences with my mom is where you play the kid and you're like trying to escape your mom, but she's like hidden throughout the house and then you open certain doors because you also have to like find certain things and then she's there! Isn't that the- It's a horror game! Exactly, It's basically that game, game, yes! Yes! (laughs) You want that studio to make more and more games. I really like that game. (laughs) I I mean, I think that, that like I want whatever this game is, I want them to break out of the, you know, moms are like, they don't always have to be nurturing or or stealing your games and making you do homework and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Like, it doesn't have to be this nag or anything like that. And that's what I would love to see. Like, this is a badass hunting mom or something like that. Or like, mm-hmm. yeah. We were playing um, Monster Seeking Monster from the Jackbox collection today Aww. for our new episode. That'll go up in like four weeks or whatever. Um, but there are a bunch of monsters in that game. And the idea is that they're disguised as regular people. And one of the monsters uh, is revealed to be a mother. And the whole the mother gets points if she keeps the character that is her child from going on a date. And it's uh-huh. like... That's it's in, that's cool. It's funny, but it's also interesting that that would be the the like mother monster role. There's not a dad monster role. It's like this overprotective mom who's the monster, um, which obviously not to invalidate anyone's experience with their monstrous mothers, but there certainly is like an image. Like when I say dad game versus mom game, like you have specific ideas that pop into your head related oh, to those. What if there's like a, it's a road trip story with your mom? It would be so fun. I want to go on a road trip with my mom. I know. So you have a road trip story where you do like... And it's The Road by Cormac McCarthy. Oh, God. No! (laughs) No. Too bleak. Like, I don't know. What if you're like just chasing biker gangs or things like that? There's like a little bit of adventure. That would be rad. I I like that. I would really like if Horizon Zero Dawn had like Aloy and her child. Like a second Ooh. game, yeah, that would be badass. I would totally play that, but that not young Aloy because I didn't like her. <laughs> well, young Aloy, we already saw. So yeah, her I'm saying, story like, is done. I know what I'm saying. Like, no more of young Aloy, please. Does her oh. kid be as cool as Atreus is? Um, yes. Also, wait, yeah, we're forgetting Bayonetta is the ultimate mom game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hot mom, or is it a mommy game? It was about it's both. <laughs> mm. I'm down for that. Yeah, like that that's exactly what I want is like this let's take the the cultural, I guess, perception of 
the mom role and blow it up and to be, make but a she has a game. little a little robot child. A little android Aww. child. Oh, God, she would neglect it. She wouldn't give a shit about that thing. <laughs> no, you, not a lot to have feelings. <laughs> Close your heart to it, boy. <laughs> <laughs> to be said. Here, yeah, there's the thing is that... Her vocal modulator is broken <laughs> that day. <laughs> boy is probably one of the most fun words to say already. And mm-hmm. now... Yep. Now it's become a thing beyond time. <laughs> beyond time. Beyond time. Boyond time. Uh, wouldn't me this time, at least. Hey... Oh, let's do one more. This is from Brian from New Jersey. As the years have gone by, I realized that the way I buy and play games has changed dramatically. At first, I would buy new games I wanted as they came out by trading in old ones or getting them as gifts. I would play them to completion and move on to the next one. Now I find myself waiting until a game is super cheap on sale before adding it to my ever-growing Steam or PSN library. I found myself with a huge library of games that I haven't played, but I've paid for, and I'm willing to wait years in some cases for a really good sale to buy the big AAA titles that I want to play. Instead of playing one game at a time, I now have a big system for what I'm playing. I play a PC game while watching TV after work. I play a PS4 game in the morning on days off while my wife is sleeping. I play another game with my wife on weekends, and I try to keep one ongoing game at a time that I play like a match, where I play like a match or two every day. Right now, it's Heroes of the Storm. My question to you is this. How have your game purchasing and playing habits changed over the years? What do you do now to manage keeping up with what's quote-unquote in, but still play older games you may have missed out on? Keep up the great work. Brian from New Jersey. From New Jersey. From the New Jersey Brian's. I love um, that system. <laughs> I I think the main difference, at least, I mean, I can only speak for myself, is that uh, now I am the one paying for the games, <laughs> and it is no longer my mom or my family gifting it to me for Christmas. Um, so I think that's why, and also, I guess it depends on the kind of job and income you have, mm-hmm. disposable income. Um, but I don't know. I think, like, I do the same thing where now, I mean, I don't know if I would wait quite as long. I, I think it's definitely almost like an unfair question of, like, me pre-Polygon and re post-Polygon, because, yeah. you know, sometimes we do get, you know, like, extra codes or whatnot. And then there are also, like, other AAAs where, like, I think for Wolfenstein 2... I just was like, I don't, I'm not even going to bother like waiting for a code. I'm just going to buy it. Yeah. Cause like I know I'm, I want to get that. But then there are other games where for sure I'll just wait and it's not a huge deal. But sometimes if it's like, do you want to be able to be part of the conversation around the game too? Mm-hmm. Like with God of War, there's a lot of people talking about it and making jokes about it. And it's nice to be able to participate in that. Mm-hmm. But, I don't know. I think that I think that there's kind of a nice system for both because I feel like there's so many gaps in my library, but I always have to wait till like the summer when a lot of things don't come out. Or mm-hmm. like I played Persona Four last year in December when we had finished all the game of the year voting, mm-hmm. and so I was like, window. okay, I can play so old. I don't finish things. Me neither. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very bad at finishing and things too. The, I think the biggest thing that's changed is that I used to be all over Steam sales, and I realized that I was just buying stuff that I'm never going to play just because yeah. I could and I do not participate in Steam sales anymore um, someone had a good life hack for that which is put stuff you know Steam sales coming so put the things you want on your wish list and then mm-hmm. don't buy anything else because hmm. you're like yeah. okay I definitely that's a game I definitely want and I want to wait for a sale for it yeah I only use the wish list on Steam yeah I don't know I and with I, with a lot of stuff that's on Steam, there's a part of me that's like, I want this to come out on console or Switch, which is a console, but PS4 or Switch, let me rephrase. 
And I would rather do that than put it in my Steam library where it will die mm-hmm. a death without ever having been installed on my computer. <laughs> um. So when I was younger, yeah, as Ashley was saying too, like I mostly had people buy me the games, but that meant I didn't have that many games. <laughs> so I only had like, like for my N64, every game I had was used because I got it at the end of its life cycle and I had like just one tiny bag's worth of games. Yeah. For my Game Boy Advance, I had a handful of games. You know, like I didn't have very many games until I was able to buy them myself. Mm-hmm. Um, did you, I don't like maybe dating myself, how much did you guys rent games as kids? Oh my God, I rented them all the time. Me too. Mm-hmm. So I miss that. I, I rented, rented a lot. Yeah, yeah, I mostly rented games, I think. Why don't we do that anymore? Because Blockbuster. Blockbuster's oh. dead. Oh yeah. But um I, I mean there's that. What about game- Gamefly? I've never tried Gamefly. But oh, yeah, I, me neither. I don't know. Like some people I think I, do like it. And Redbox also oh, yeah. e- sends me PR blasts all the time reminding me that they but I've never I mean, used it. I mean it is, but it's just life. a different experience, right? It's like after school you get to go to Blockbuster with like your friends mm-hmm. or like your mom or your dad or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you're kind mm-hmm. of like going up and down the aisles. I feel like just you know, going on yet another website, like another tab on your browser to just be like, all right, which of the games? And like everything is just so instant gratification that it's just like at this point, it's like you might as well just buy it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I wish I wish there was an equivalent of Blockbuster that that experience, that tactile yeah, the physical, experience. Yeah. Yes. And, and also, I just wish I could rent games more easily because there's mm-hmm. a lot of stuff that I'm like, I would like to try this for yeah, six hours. Exactly. Yeah. I just yeah. want to try things. Point. But um, uh, yeah. So I started being able to buy games like when the DS came out. So I actually bought a lot of games and did the like trade in thing. But then in college, I had no money anymore at all or time. So I just never bought games anymore, except like the big game that I care about. So I'm still kind of used to that. Mm -hmm. But now I get codes and stuff. So pretty much my collections just codes. And then if I'm not getting code for some reason for a big game that I care about, I'll buy that Mm -hmm. because I'm used to like wanting to invest. But I don't buy like random little games anymore. I don't trade things in anymore, yeah. so it's really just like a collection of codes that I kind of treat as like weird I rentals would argue forever. That you do buy weird little games, but they're phone games. Oh, <laughs> but I don't want to go down a rabbit hole there because I guess do I have do to wrap up yeah. for today. <laughs> but yeah, so it's just interesting. Also, to Ashley's point, like post Polygon, we also do have like some impetus or like you know onus on us to play more games, mm-hmm. and we have more access to more games I just too. Bad complaining about that because it's such a first world problem. Yeah. Oh, so many games I need to play so fast. Yeah, but still, it does kind of fuck up your work life balance. Um, because we do obviously we are allowed to play them during work hours, but we don't. It's very we are. I, <laughs> I'm pretty sure we are. Like, it did, yeah. We well, should, if you're it, reviewing, it, yeah, not just like any game. <laughs> well, like if you're covering it, if you're yes, yes if you're gonna yeah. cover it asap. Okay. Yeah, I, I've been told that before. But it's obviously we don't, things. and then that like changes your if you feel like pressured to go home and play games all week, which again is like not the worst problem that anyone has ever had in their lives. Mm. I mean, I work life. Work-life balance. <laughs> anyway, this has been the Polygon Show. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Okay. <laughs> okay, so my <laughs> scary clown. It wasn't a scary thing. Yeah, it was. It was like Krusty the Clown's weird cousin. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? 
If you have questions for us, email them to polygonshow at polygon.com and we'll read them on the show. And uh, of course, you should review the show on Apple Podcasts, give it a rating, give it some stars, tell people about it. That helps people find the show and then they can enjoy it too. Uh, we are still, once we get Allegra to play God of War, we are still interested in doing a big spoiler cast for that. Um, let us know if you're interested in that. And I think that's everything that I have to say. <laughs> wow. What the hell is going on? <laughs> this episode is so weird. I'm trying to bring my energy back up, Ashley. <laughs> Thanks, Fruit everyone. Butt. <laughs> Fruit butt. For listening, this has been The Polygon Show. Fruit butt.